The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex. Going to get into some NFL talk. Maybe a little NBA if we had some time. Maybe some MLB. Just a little update for you. Not a lot of talk going on, but a little update for you. Uh, before we get to that, Rangers do play on the airwaves tonight. 8 p.m. is pregame tonight, keeping going uh, with the Angels. Uh, big, big series. We're down to the final week of MLB, so things are getting exciting. If you don't normally watch MLB, I know you You may not watch the playoffs. You can watch this week if you want to know, especially if you're a Rangers or an Astros guy. It's a good week. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit, too. And, of course, more of your text. You guys running the show like you always do. 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776 is the text line. Text us in if you want to talk some more Texas football. If you've got a position group you want to see that to stand up this week, who you want to see improve, who you want to see stand out. We know special teams. We know. Uh, but if you want, you've got one of those, send that in. 512-337-3776. You want to talk some more Cowboys? You think I'm crazy? You think I'm wrong? You think I'm right? Whatever you got. You got your own opinion. You got your own questions. Send those in. 512-337-3776. Getting back to the text line. Speaking of, uh, we'll get to some of the more that these sent in. I want to see the offense click on all cylinders. They can be so they can be so much better. I, I agree. I think this offense is only kind of scratching at the potential in the passing game. Uh, Quinn Ewers has been doing he's been doing good. Uh, you can tell he's a little gun shy. He doesn't want to go full on out. He doesn't want to risk it, which I don't really want him to. As long as the defense is playing there, you know there's going to be times this season where he may need to as the season progresses on. These next two weeks, he may have to kind of. Get a little bit more out there and, and get out of his comfort zone a little bit more. It, you know, if if the games get a little bit more high scoring, if you're not pulling away, you may have to do that. But I'd like to see that too. I'd like to see the offense really do what it can do. But I think there's also a point against a Kansas, uh, especially this week. You kind of just want to run the ball a little bit. You do want to run some clock. You don't want to actually leave your defense out on that field over and over again and let a Jalen Daniels uh, go over the top on them. Uh, there's another another good dog picture. Thank you to Bougie and Tank, some some American Bulldogs there. Always nice to get the dog pictures here on National Dog Work. Uh, dog Week, don't give up the long ball, the secondary. Yes, we want to see that DBs. Too many breakdowns could be a killer against this offense. You don't want to see the ball over top, and it's not happening all the time. Like They've defended a lot of deep balls. I know it's kind of been the point because it's really been the biggest weakness of this defense. They've They've – you know, early in games allowed some decent average in running, but by the fourth quarter it kind of averages out, and they've been able to stop guys in the fourth quarter when they need to run the ball. It's that deep. It's that deep pass. That's really kind of been something that you know teams can draw up, and you know you're not going to get burned probably for three touchdowns, but you get burned for two. If you get burned for two, and they earn two on your own, and maybe have a turnover in there, it's a lot of points to make up on the other side. Nervous about our ability to contain a dual, contain a dual threat quarterback. Uh, I look. I, I'll tell you. I I'm not as concerned because I don't think Jalen Daniels has done that as much this season. Partly, I think it was they didn't want to use it too much in non conference play. He did sit out the first game of the season. The next two, he didn't run a lot. Uh, week three, he did. He got I think 50 rushing yards in week three. Uh, he still wasn't an amazing rushing performance. 
Uh, BYU was able to stay in front of him. But again, that's where I talk about linebacker play. And that's where David Benda and Jalen Ford and and Anthony Hill, who's kind of Anthony Hill's been that guy to be on quarterback coverage. And sometimes he overcommits, but he can also make great plays and make up a lot of distance real quick. Uh, that's going to be a big part of that game. I agree with you there. I uh, would like to see more third down conversions, which means which means we need to not be stuck in long third downs. Yes. Getting getting yardage on the first couple of plays. Sark has a thing where, you know, it worked against Alabama, which was throwing deep balls and throwing, you know, taking chances on first down. He really likes to do that. The problem is he starts to get into that too much, and then first down long is an incompletion. Then he goes second down a run play and he gets three yards. And then it's third and seven. You get in that third and long, and now you have to pull it out. And they've been doing okay at pulling those out, but you don't want to be in that position over and over and over again. And I think there's points where he'll start a game not doing that, and then he just gets a little antsy, and he wants to get that offense corked up. And we said running on all cylinders. He wants to have those first down, first downs. And it can be annoying at points to watch as a fan. He's been calling the plays well enough and setting up defenses well enough this year that I don't want to criticize it too much, but it is something that you look at and say, you know, if you could make this a little bit easier on the on the offense, you know, you could probably even score some more points. I know no, you're not, you may not get those explosive plays. You may not have that big double pass, but you could still move the ball and get down there. But then it goes into, I'd like to see more, uh, I'd like to see uh, the entire offense in the red zone. Red zone efficiency. Is a big one, yeah. A red, we look. Hey, we can talk about the Cowboys. We'll talk about them in just a second. Red zone efficiency is difficult. It's a hard part of the game. But when you have a big target like JT Sanders, and you have an AD Mitchell and an Xavier Worthy spreading out, and then Jonathan Brooks who can come out, and I know he's dropped two passes this year, but you got to go back to him if that's open. You got to go back to him. So I, I think they can improve on that red zone. Uh, I don't know if he's not pulling out all the tricks right now. You know, you don't want to use it all in the first four weeks, but I, I think that red zone offense will improve. Uh, but, yeah, it needs to improve. I agree with you as well. Some more good dog pictures out there. Pongo. Pongo. 10 of 10, Pongo. Good dog right there. No risk it, no biscuit for the game. I look, I, I you, you got to throw the deep ball at points, but I don't always want to see it on first down. Uh, in terms of college football, who outside of Colorado do you think may be the next Kansas, a program that has completely flipped from non-existent to completely competitive? Uh, and I, I think that Kansas, when we look at it again, it, we can say Colorado was definitely the next one. I, I don't know. There's, the problem with Kansas is Kansas always was a very competitive basketball school. So if we want to say maybe a Duke, a Duke falls into this, another basketball program, uh, their ranked team right now, they may be falling into that trend, but a school that already has had that's always had money around it, it, it comes down to money at this point. If you can offer some NIL, you're going to be able to get some of those veteran players that may have been promised something else when they were a freshman, and now they're a junior, and the NIL deals never came through because they never got to start, and they never got to that next step, and those guys are going to be at the transfer portal, and then they're going to end up at the place like a Kansas or a Duke or somebody like that who is more of a basketball blue blood, You may, may, maybe a Wake Forest could come up. I know it's in a difficult conference, but a Wake Forest, maybe that steps up and is becomes something. One of those schools, I would say, somebody that has a basketball lineage where they have some money put into basketball that then takes that money and the school says, hey, well, if we want to make more money to get better facilities for everybody, and if you're a basketball guy like at Kansas, they understand as good as Kansas basketball is, Kansas football is good, you'll make even more money. 
So I think that's where it's if you want to say what program could be do that program do it, I think they're basketball schools right now because those schools have money coming into them anyway. But it's money. It's it's really the end of the day who can afford to help build a program quicker, build facilities, promise things coming out, hire good coaches, all of that. Chan there, I'm truly concerned because Kansas is better than Wyoming and Baylor. Yes, they are. They're better than Rice. They're not better than Alabama, though. And you are playing a DKR. I'd like to see the deep balls covered better. Uh, and Quinn is nearly threw two picks down the sidelines to the backs. Yes, he did. He's he's missed a few, but he's been he's been pretty good, and he didn't throw those picks. There was a few. There was a tip ball drill. There's some things where he could have been a pick, uh, but they've been able to get away with it. So uh, I will take them. Uh, I but I do yeah I I think that Chan I'm not as look this is again Texas so far I haven't been extremely worried about any of those games the Alabama game of course but I thought we'd be prepared for it all of these games I'm not really worried I'm worried that Texas doesn't play up to their level they are a good enough team to beat any of these teams and I know we've said that before it seems like a different level they've seen that they've played it better than their competition in a lot of games they've shown that they have the ability to pull away in these games that's something big you'd like to be able to see. How much is the Mel Tucker situation in Michigan, Michigan State, looking for a new hire going to affect the Kansas players? I, I don't think that much this season. They're bought in. Uh, Lance Lee Polt's got him bought in. So you can kind of stick it to them, and they can say maybe they'll lose a guy. But also in the transfer portal era, some of those guys may say, cool, I'll go to Michigan State. Fleet Polt goes, I'll go with him. I know there's some guys that won't get taken that wouldn't, you know, may not want that. But right now, and if I'm Lance Leopold, I may not want to go to Michigan State. I know there may be more money there, but, man, with everything that's happening, Mel Tucker fighting it, and then you've got you know, the scandals that happened a few years before that, it seems like something that you may just say, I need a little bit of space in between. Maybe a little bit of space in between. Uh, let's talk a little Cowboys. Let's talk a little Cowboys for you before we get to the break. Uh, I do want to bring up, so this was something that I saw earlier today, and I think it's mainly RG3, but a couple other people have started to push the sentiment out because the tech, because the Cowboys are playing the Patriots next week, and they're gonna Zeke will be there, and Zeke had his best game of the season last week. We've had 80 rushing yards. That now people are starting to say, everybody thought Zeke was dead, and the Cowboys should have kept him. And that's the problem with the red zone, is the Cowboys should have kept him. And that's that. And that is complete and total BS. That's not real. The Cowboys should not have kept Zeke. Because also, if you keep Zeke Elliott, you can't keep Tony Pollard. You're not keeping two running backs at that value, uh, especially when one of them, you know, you're not keeping Zeke at the money he cost to basically play for you and, and get five to ten carries a game, and then put him in the red zone when everybody knows what's happening. And by the way, those stats for that he had this week are a bit inflated. He had some good runs. He had some good 14, 16-yard runs or whatever they were, but that was basically half of his production, maybe a little bit more, were kind of like three or four big runs. And then he had a lot of plays where he got stuck at the line of scrimmage. So I, I wouldn't say that Zeke really looks like he's fully back and he's a Zeke that was two or three years ago. I don't think that's that. I will say that if you're Dallas, I'd still be on the market to try and see if there's another running back out there. Not a Jonathan Taylor, not somebody who was really big, but when we saw what happened to Nick Chubb, when we see what happened to whatever else, to whoever else in the injuries and uh, and running backs to the the NFL. We know they can happen. I don't want anything to happen to Tony Pollard. Not at all. He currently has the most carries in the NFL. 
He has more carries than any other running back. 62 carries is the lead in the NFL for running backs. If something were to happen to him, if you need to really start to spell him, Rico Dottle looked okay, but are you going to put him in for 10 carries, 15 carries? Is that what you're going to do? Look, I think you should have drafted another running back other than, than Deuce Vaughn. I like Deuce Vaughn. I think he's good. He's not going to, doesn't seem like he's going to be used that much this season. He's not somebody who's going to, if Tony Pollard goes down, is going to save you this season. He's not ready to get in. So now you have a spot of a running back who can do a few things but isn't going to get in. You have a spot on a quarterback that you traded for, which I don't mind trading for, but that's another roster spot that you can't get in. Rico Dottle can play well, but he's not going to get you a ton of snaps. So he's not there. So now in your offense, you were just taking up. You have multiple tight ends now because you don't have that guy. You've got to have Ferguson out there. You've invested so much in, in projects that it seems more and more that this offense isn't built to win this season. And I know Brandon Cooks is there, and I know Amari Cooper is there. and, and or, Sorry, uh, CeeDee Lamb's there. CeeDee Lamb's better than Amari Cooper. Right? Amari Cooper would have been great. I think Amari Cooper was a bigger loss than Zeke was. But Brandon Cooks can be in there. For, for whatever reason, they didn't seem bought in. I think you need to kind of have a sit-down with this team. I'd like to see you get another running back. I'm just going to say, I know a Texas guy, I'm a homer. There's probably a reason he's a, a healthy scratch. But Chicago has too many running backs. I may call Chicago and see if they want to ditch one of those running backs. Maybe one of them that played at Texas that has not been, that's been a healthy scratch for the last two weeks. Didn't even play, didn't even suit up, did Foreman the last two weeks. I, I may call him. I may say, hey, do you want a seventh-round pick for Deontay Foreman? In, you know, three years or something like that? You're not playing him. Let us have him. I may do that. I'd love if the Cowboys get a tight end. I saw Kyle Pitts get uh, you know, the talk about Kyle Pitts today. I don't know if that's the guy I'd want to bring out a tight end because I'd like to have someone that blocks a little bit better. But yeah, you didn't you didn't get a tight end. You went for Ferguson. I think Ferguson will be okay by the end of the season. I'll tell you that much. I think the Ferguson connection will start to show up by midseason. I think that'll be will get better. So I'm not as worried about that. But do the Cowboys have the plate the pieces? They have the pieces this year. Once you lost one player, and this is kind of what the Cowboys' story seems to be year after year. It's so much built on hope and, and that no one gets hurt. And then a Trayvon Diggs goes down, and now you're kind of shuffling pieces. And you really need Mozzie Smith to progress a little bit faster than he's progressing so you can have less guys on the D-line to maybe help out in that secondary a little bit more, push back his safety a little bit. You need to have that. You know your linebacker, when, when DeMarvion Overshawn went down, you don't really necessarily have the linebacker. I don't know. I don't know what you're gonna. I don't know what you can do there if you don't. If you you're basically relying everything now on a quarterback that that you're trying to put in situations where he can't win. Whether you're, you're red zone depth, you're not drawing up plays. You 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 have Brandon Cooks and Ceedee Lamb. Ceedee Lamb should be able to go up there and get the ball. If you want to trust Ferguson in that, and Ferguson's your guy, you can't use him as a blocker in the red zone. You have to have him out trying to go out there and being a red zone threat. You have to have that. If you want to have the Cowboys have real shots of of being able to win those games against the Eagles, who look like they can be beat this year, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is a little hurt. I know he, they said he had flu-like symptoms last night, so maybe maybe they'll be better. But they they look like they have a little bit of vulnerability in in Philadelphia. You may be able to go. You know, you can beat the Jet the Jet uh, the Giants. You know, you can beat the the Commanders. I think you still need another piece or two on this team, and I, I don't think you need to go out and get Zeke back. But I think you still need to get another running back on this team. And and you need to try and go get a bruiser. 
and someone that can that can do something like that but doesn't need to be that role. I think you need to try and use Ferguson and show me before you the trade deadline. Show show Cowboys fans. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm a Texans fan, but I, I root for the Cowboys. I do every week. I root for the Cowboys. I want them to do well. I want you to see. I want to see Ferguson used in the red zone better. I want to see the play calling in the red zone better, and I want to see you take care of Dak. I don't know. I just don't know about this Cowboys offense right now. When you look at the fact that that Tony Pollard has 62 carries and he's carried the ball more than anybody else in the NFL, I wouldn't have predicted that through three weeks. How many of you would have said that Tony Pollard would lead the the lead in carries in the first two weeks? And part of that is that they just blew everybody out in those first two weeks and that, that they blew out the Giants, they blew out the Jets, so they ran the ball a bunch and they don't have a bunch of running backs that they can stick out there and get first downs with. So they have to keep playing Tony Pollard because they don't have another guy. I don't know if you can make a trade for a tight end. I don't know if that trade that tight end's out there, but I know there's running backs out there. I know there's running backs out there that you can go get. Uh, another news, the Jets did sign Trevor Simeon. They have brought in another quarterback, 31-year-old Trevor Simeon, couldn't stay in the starting lineup, tried out for the tried with the Broncos for years, not when Nathaniel Hackett was there. He is now in there. Zach Wilson's still the quarterback for another week. Solid didn't sound too sure about it. But he's there. And finally, a little NFL news, the fun news, that Travis Travis Kelsey's jersey spiked a 400-plus percent after Taylor Swift showed up. And what I really loved is Micah Parsons about this. Micah Parsons just got good attitude. This is Micah Parsons on his podcast talking about uh, what it means for the NFL players that Travis Kelsey was able to manifest Taylor Swift showing up. Damn, you shot from deep and you score. You Stephen Curry, my brother. You might be the new Steph of football. That's dope. I can't even lie. I think I want to see someone shoot at somebody else. The NFL, we up right now. City Boys is up. Hey, I challenge all my other NFL guys, start shooting from deep. Shoot from deep. Let's see if someone can get somebody like, I don't know. Oh, I got to think about this. We got to start shooting, brother. I, I am publicly shooting, you know. Zendaya, shoot at Zendaya, something. We got to start going, brothers. Uh, I think Trav set the standard for this. Set the standard. Trav set the standard, guys. <laughs> Micah Parsons calling out calling out his NFL players. We got to get out there and start getting them girls, getting them celebrities. Micah Parsons bringing it to the league. Someone should tell Tony Romo to call him and tell him that he was Tony Romo was ahead of the trend. It didn't work out for the Cowboys. We got to take a break. We'll get back to some of your texts. 512-337-3776. You know, Chan, you know, I always tell you, Jerry Jones, relying on hope. Smoking that hopium is what Jerry Jones is doing every single year. And we I fall for it every year. Every year I fall for it. And then week like five, you're like, ah, Jerry, you did it again. We're going to take a break. We come back. Keep texting him. 512-337-3776. We'll come back, talk a little NBA, a little MLB, and uh, see what we're getting into. Here on the Sports Complex in the Horn, 1019 AM1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Now? You know my girl, now? <laughs> you know my girl just called me up. And she woke me from my sleep. <laughs> you should have heard 
the thing she said You know she hurt my feelings deep I'm gonna buy me a dog A dog? Why? Back on the sports complex here on the horn, playing all dog songs since it's National Dog Week. You can send in your dog pictures, 512-337-3776. Send in dog pictures, questions, comments, whatever you got about the world of sports. If you got anything for me of uh, about Texas football, if you got a little bit about the Cowboys, the Texans, you know, there's, there's reports, the Texans, that uh, Jalen Petrie, He's looking like he may be able to come back out. Once he starts playing that safety position with Jimmy Ward, looked way different with Ward out on the field last week. And now you had Jalen Petrie, who's been a great cornerback. I know they lost Singletary, uh, hopefully not for the full season, but he'll be able to come back. We're at week three. Uh, you know, some of these guys that have been on the injured reserve are eligible to come back after week four. So maybe, maybe coming back, you'll maybe get it back at Juice Scruggs or. You know, with Titus Howard, we know he had the hand injury. We don't know what the progress is on that. Unfortunately, there may be some news on Laramie Tunsil if he's coming back or not. You get some of those players back. This Texans team, the schedule is not that tough. If you look at their schedule, Texans have it where they could win three or four or five more games. I don't know if they're going to win five more, but, you know, win a few more. Just get out of that basement. Get out of the basement. It's all you need this year. Get out of the too many injuries. I get it. But you still got to play like the Jets. I know the Cardinals are not great, but they may be tanking too. You know, who knows? No, the Cardinals got extra incentive to beat you because they got your pick. But you never know. You know, you might be able to win some of these games. The AFC South is not exactly doing great this season. You know, the Colts beat you. The Colts look okay, but, you know, that may not last. We don't know about that. All that good stuff. All that good stuff. Uh, I do want to talk about something in the NBA. We'll have a little bit of time. And we may play you something from uh, Ian Robbie yesterday. Robbie's out, by the way. Congratulations to Robbie. Heard that they've had their baby girl. Uh, love to Robbie and Mel and uh, uh, just a great, great, great people, great couple there. Love both of them. Uh, but I played a clip from them yesterday. He was out this morning. I don't know. We haven't have not talked to him, so I'm not sure when he'll be back. But uh, but I know that we have a clip yesterday about their the Longhorns and their D line. We may try and get to that if we have a little bit of time. But I do want to talk about the NBA first for a little thing that the NBA uh, that. There was a report today that the new trade favorite for Damian Lillard, the, the, that people in the league feel, is the front runner to get Damian Lillard, which we know the whole Damian Lillard said he's going to the Miami Heat. That That's basically, you know, the report was he, he wanted out of Portland. He wants to go to Miami. Miami wants him. And then the report comes out that his agent has basically called any other team that is, or anybody's called him, I guess, was what they say. He said, I wasn't calling teams. They were calling me. Anybody who called him, he said, don't expect him to suit up ever for your team. He wants to go to the Heat, so don't even offer anything. Uh, the NBA then sent out a, a memo basically saying, if you try and pull this crap to ruin the league by everyone just deciding once they've, once they've served tenure in, the, tenure in the league, they got 10 years in or you know eight years or whatever it is, and they get their supermax that we that you we agreed in the CBA to give you guys supermaxes so you would stay on teams that you decide you get your supermax and now you want out. And I'm not even getting into I get that Portland has not been the best place for him. But you can't say I will only go to Miami. You can't say I don't like all these guys just picking and choosing where they go and big threes and all that. And then you just pick and choose to go to Miami. Uh, but the report is Toronto is the front runner. 
right now. And it makes sense in one thing, that Toronto has a lot of pieces. They haven't been able to put it together, but they are able to get pieces, pieces that they can put together. Pascal Siakam is in there, and O.J. Ananube, uh, that he's in that trade. He could be in that trade as well. You have Grady Dick you just drafted, the kid out of Kansas. There's a there's a few players on this team that you may be able to, you know, sweeten the pot a little bit. That's better than a than a tra- uh, Tyler Hero and no draft and basically a couple draft picks that are not even going to be great draft picks necessarily. You know that first round draft pick in the NBA is a lot different than that first round draft pick in the NFL, where people take a first round draft pick in the NFL value. There's seven rounds in the NFL. Your last pick, you know, you, you Cowboys get Mozzie Smith, who's not great, but he's an okay player. Your 28th, 29th pick of the first round in the NBA may never even play for you. You know, he may never play meaningful minutes in there. Like everyone past 15 is kind of a crapshoot in the NBA draft. You don't know if they're ever going to make the roster. They're are there. You don't know if they're ever going to be a starter or get to that level. Basically, everyone in the first round of the NFL draft, you're shooting probably an 80% success rate that they'll start for your team at some point. So if you're going to say that that first-round pick, if it's 20 or below, it's not really that valuable. That's kind of like a fourth or a fifth-round pick for for the NFL, maybe a third, maybe a third, but I'd say fourth or fifth-round pick. So those that trade from the Heat isn't great, and I know that a lot of other executives probably don't want to see Pat Riley pulling his weight around and getting whatever he wants again. So that's why the NBA had to send out that that memo. I know they're trying to, you know, they're in the talks of trying to expand the league that, you know, they're hoping to at some point be able to expand the league to another few teams and get, and you know, get a Las Vegas market. They'd love to have Las Vegas. I know why everybody wants to go there and people can say anyway they want about Vegas, but the casinos will buy the tickets. You'll sell tickets no matter what. It's a great place to own a team because you'll get tickets. People want to be a part of it, especially if you pick cool colors and a cool jersey. People want to be on board with Las Vegas. So I get why you want to have that team. Seattle. Seattle wants another team. Get it. Go put So two more teams could easily be there. But this kind of picking and choosing and veterans not wanting to stay and people not want to stay on teams to really build with teams. And I know I'm not saying Dame didn't build with Portland. He gave him plenty of chance. But, man, if you're Dame Lillard, and that's where you end up. If you get traded to Toronto and not a Toronto team, and the Toronto team missing some of the players, missing two or three of the big pieces that were made them an outlier Eastern Conference playoff team. You miss all those guys now. And you got Yaka Pertle and some other guys. And, you know, it's this isn't the team that won the NBA Finals anymore. Those guys are long gone. And now you're trying to start a rebuilding project there. I get why Portland does it. Makes sense why Portland does it. I don't, but I, I don't know if Dame Lillard, if that's what he wants to have happen. So that is a big news story today to see if they're they're serious. We know that Philadelphia is, of course, in on that because you know Daryl Morey wants to be on any big trade, any big name is out there. He wants to be there. The Clippers will, of course, call for him. Uh, everyone's going to be making the phone call. Toronto is just interesting because Toronto has a lot of pack, has a big package they can offer. But there's the problem. If Portland doesn't really go for it and Portland asks for too much and they said, we want all of your players, basically we want to gut your team to get you Dame Lillard, then all the teams will pull back. If that's what you're asking for, if you want four starters and draft picks for Dame Lillard, well, then no one's going to offer that and you're going to have to go out to take that Miami deal, which you don't want to take either because I know you want to make Dame happy, but in reality, you don't want to get screwed over and you know you're getting screwed over on that deal. 
And you know once everybody else hangs up the phone, you're not going to get there. Toronto was 10th in the league last year. They give up a bunch of players for Dame. I don't know if that boosts them up. We know that you know Philadelphia is having problems right now, but they'll still be in the playoffs. Brooklyn, probably going to be just as good, if not better, next year when they got these young guys in there. Atlanta, they're in the last year of that experiment of if DeJounte Murray and Trey Young are going to work. Got a game with, you know, is Chicago going to be in that picture? Indiana's going to move back up? I don't know. It just seems like a weird trade for me, but I like I like that somebody else is in there. I like that the conversation is picked back up again in the NBA. Let's get back to Texas football real quick. Uh, e and Rob B on Hook'em Up every morning 6 to 11 right here on the Horn. We're talking about the Texas defensive line, how good they looked. Let's listen in to some E and Rob B from yesterday morning talking about the Texas defensive line, get you a little bit more pumped up. I just want to give you a little Kool-Aid. We maybe talked about some problems that Texas had. Let's give you a little Kool-Aid before we get out of here today. All right. Uh, Texas coming off a huge um, dominating win over the Baylor Bears. Uh, Longhorns now ranked number three in the country. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming up uh, in the post game from his comments from the post postgame. Uh, but I thought uh, the, 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 the moment in the game, it was early, that I knew Texas wasn't in any real trouble of losing this game or really the game being competitive or close was pretty much early watching the defensive line oh. overwhelm the Baylor O-line. And whether it be whether it be in the run game or whether it be in pass protection, they just couldn't block Texas D-line. They couldn't. And they couldn't block Byron Murphy at the point of attack, even though sometimes they were trying to double team him. Uh, and, and, and there were so many different players that were able to get in the backfield, penetrate, make plays for the Texas defensive line uh, and defensive front, really, overall, that I, I really had no concern that Baylor was going to be able to move the ball consistently. Now, the, they threw the deep ball and got some chunk yardage plays a couple of times, um, but that was about it. But there was nothing they really could do, E, that would no. neutralize the Texas defensive front. They just didn't have the lines of scrimmage to keep up with Texas. And hopefully that is continues to be the – you know, the, the case for the rest of the seasons that Texas overwhelms opponents. We're, we're going to talk about this in the Kansas game, too. When we talk about Kansas and preview that for the rest of the week. Um, that I think on, if you look at the lines of scrimmage for Texas, offense and defense, that's where Texas should be separating. Hell, even going back to their latest commitment, yep. right, the five-star uh, offensive tackle um, out of uh, modern day, the uh, best tackle in the country. That's where Texas is going to be separating from their opponents, and that's where they separated from Baylor was on the lines of scrimmage. Well, Baylor just couldn't keep up. For everything this weekend that was unexplainable, and I'm you can't believe your eyes, you're watching this, there was nothing in that game that was surprising. We talked all last week that Baylor doesn't match. I mean, this was Texas. This is a program in Texas on the rise that they're getting better. Their lines of scrimmage are getting more and more dominant. And Baylor's not good. This is why there's panic in Baylor about Dave Aranda. That I'll is, give you credit for your Wyoming good, comment. You got it. What's that? I think you said Wyoming could beat Baylor. Not agree oh, with you oh, now. Man. After watching, <laughs> I think well, you're because right. you just because <laughs> nothing that you saw on film with because you, you know Texas. By the way, Texas fans over the last twelve years at times know this. When you talk about Dave Aranda, hey Dave, make some adjustments, Rod. It's hard to adjust around a bad offensive line. <laughs> it's hard to make yeah. adjustments around a bad offense or a defensive line. Like what do you do? I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you, you just said it. The Longhorns had two sacks on the first series. They had three sacks 
on the first two drives. They couldn't mm-hmm. block Texas. And you're like, well, do do something. Well, what do we want them to do? We, we, we can't move them. Uh, actually, they're whipping us. That's a problem for Dave Aranda. Uh, Kansas will be much better this week. There's, I mean, that's a much better football team. I thought Wyoming was a better football team than Baylor. And they'll see better groups. What you like about Texas is they showed up and they, they finally played a good first half, right? They, they put 28 points on the board in the first half. They had a... For the fourth game in a row, they had a 21-point quarter rod, which, you know, this is becoming a common thing about how explosive they are. The second quarter this time around was a 21-point quarter for Texas. Uh, They did it in the third quarter against Rice. They did it in the fourth quarter against Bama and Wyoming. And this time they did it in the second quarter. And the game, the Baylor game was over at that point. 28-6 was the score at the time. And then they pitched a second-half shutout defensively against an inept Baylor team. Well, and I love their sudden change uh, defense, too, because oh, there were times where Texas could have given up some more points, especially after muffed punts. Oh, and you talk about coaching. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you talk about uh, coaching points that Texas can still uh, go into this week to improve on. Well, obviously, kick returns are a big part of that. A muffed kickoff return, too, from Keelan Robinson. He just recovered it. Added two muffed punts that they lost from uh, Jay Witt and from Xavier Worthy. And the defense, they were stout in that moment. And they just both their back and gave up a field goal at one time. And like I said, in that situation, a field goal is a win for the defense. Um, and then I believe they kept uh, Baylor off the board in the uh, the next time around. So Texas defense looks like they're the real deal. That's why everybody's excited about the Kansas game, and you should be. This will be the first test for the Texas defense for an offense with an actual identity. Bama had players, but their offense had no identity at all. They didn't even know what the hell they and were. Maybe, they maybe Bama found their identity in the second half of that old Miss Could game be. because uh, Jalen Milrow had a heck of a half after having a, a struggle in the first half. So, and, we'll, so we'll talk about it, yeah. and we'll hear from Sark uh, coming up throughout the morning. Also, we'll get you some facts on this five-star commitment. Longhorns, how about this? Longhorns now, as we sit here this morning on this, the 25th of September, have a commitment from the number one pass rusher in the country and the number one left tackle. In the country for the class of 2018. Yeah, Colin Simmons tweeted out that uh, practice is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. And uh, we'll tell you about Brandon Baker and how that plays out. Number one edge rusher in the country from Duncanville. Now the number one left tackle prospect in the country from modern day uh, high school. There's some good stuff from the defensive line from Ian Robbie on Hook Him Up. Uh, we did get another text in here from a man, Chan. Uh, any news on the big-time basketball recruit that may be considering Texas? You put in Ty Ferguson. I'm going to guess that's an autocorrect. Trey Johnson is who I'm guessing you're talking about. Uh, who's a five-star recruit that Texas was kind of – they were a little not – he was a little soft on Texas. He's in his top six, I believe, is all he's revealed. But most people are saying it is between Texas and Baylor where he is going to decide to go. So this is a big year. Uh, I don't know if he is going to – if he's how long he's waiting to make his decision, I've not seen anything of when he plans to make his decision. But you may assume that he may wait for a little bit of uh, for basketball to get played and see how he feels and, and see how these two teams are going. But I know he was hanging out with Arch Manning, so if this Texas football team continues to do well, maybe that'll play into the decision. If it's Texas versus Baylor, we just beat the crap out of him in football. Maybe we can get Trey Johnson from him too. That would be great for Texas basketball. It would be a good, good step. Uh, we're going to take uh, one more break. Before we get out of here, I'll give you a little bit more of an MLB update on the way out. Some more of your text. Love the dog picks, by the way. Shout out Sable and Bob Barker and Gumbo, Harley, all 10 out of 10 dogs. Love the dogs here on National Dog Week. Send them in, 512-337-3776. We'll get into some more of your text. Give you what the last call is going on tonight and uh, get you ready for some big baseball action that is happening on the station. It's happening across the world of MLB. We're coming to the final week. 
Get all that here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260. The Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for everybody for playing along on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. I appreciate you guys keeping it going on the text line for us, keeping us uh, kicking along right here on a Sports Complex on a Tuesday. It's my man, uh, my man Bruce. You know, I know there's a saucer show on Saturday at Hanover's at 10 p.m. I know that. You don't have to text that in. It's not a 512 Friday yet, though. Maybe it'll show up on a 512 Friday that there's a saucer show this this Saturday at Hanover's, 10 p.m. Do the after Longhorns play. Maybe it'll pop up. Maybe I'll play. Shout out to Chan, too. Everybody on the text line. Very good. Got, don't pronounce the T's in Toronto. Do you pronounce the T in Raptors? That's the question for that texter who sent that in. Uh, tonight, Rangers magic number three to get playoff spot, four to win the AL West. Astros magic number is four to win the to just make the playoffs five games left for the Astros six games left for the Rangers Christian Javier going up against Kirby tonight the Astros against the Mariners huge game be safe out there be kind keep your underwear clean and we'll see you next week we'll see you tomorrow peace